Uh, for me, the idea of pursuit of happiness is a declaration of independence. It's never about being guaranteed happiness. It's always about given the freedom, having the rules in place that allow you to actualize your potential. You know, pursue your excellence as a certain uh, talk radio host who passed away this year, like to say often. Pursuing your excellence. Yeah, pursuit of happiness is never about the government giving you happiness or giving what you want or anybody. But it's about having the freedom and the opportunity to do the things that are just objectively right and good. And sometimes you'll fail, but you have to have the ability. You have to have the freedom to uh, find a good life. It can't be delivered to you automatically. It can't be forced upon you, certainly. And what we give to one person, we also have to grant to others and protect them from violating everyone else's rights. So that's the correct view of the role of government in the pursuit of happiness and what the founders of the, America, the United States and Jefferson really believed in. And so here's my problem with like this the progressive vision. Is that progressives have this worldview that like everyone is responsible for everyone else. This social justice is what it's called. And I think it's just a, a horrible view of government and ethical life. Which some would say is closer to like fascism. Because the, the, the doctrine of fascism also mentions this idea of the ethical state. Right? Everything in the state, nothing outside or against the state was the slogan of the fascists. But anyway, the progressive social justice vision I think it's fundamentally totalitarian. If everyone's responsible for everyone else's well-being, then you're treating human beings like gods who have this kind of collective omnipotence. And you're treating humanity as like a whole rather than human beings or individuals who happen to share a common nature, yes, but are still separate uh, autonomous beings with their own you know, free will, or at least a will of their own, depending on your views on free will and everything. But for me, what, what debunks the, this paternalistic, kind of collectivistic view of human humanity is the very nature of government itself. I think it was James Madison who said, who wrote that, what is government but the greatest reflection of human nature? The very fact that we even need a government, or have a government at least, is due to human frailty. That we can't be trusted to be completely ungoverned because we're going to have conflicts, we need a way to resolve them, and there's certain things we need to do through taxes or like eminent domain that people don't want. The very fact that we have government is a reflection of human nature. And the best that we can do is to do what's best for ourselves and the people we care about. And if everybody does that, then we're all gonna do uh, we're all gonna, you know, get through this. We're all gonna get through life pretty well. And we're gonna achieve the common good. You know, and we do cooperate on great things. But the very fact that we establish government and also that we put limits on government because the opposite of anarchy, tyranny, is becomes fundamentally a bad thing too. The very fact that we put these limits shows that 
uh, humanity does not act with one collective voice. And we are not capable of establishing, like some kind of God, a perfect reign of fairness and justice. You know, that we are um, temporal, uh, what's the word? Uh, fragile beings, right? Well, we're mortals, you know, human beings are mortals, you know, in some sense, and we're individualistic, and we're not a collective hive mind, and there are limits to what we can do. And so the very nature of government dispels this, like, progressive social justice vision of the omnipotence of the state politics and this idea that everyone is responsible for themselves. Rather than, like, we are part of a collective, we all, we're families and nations and peoples, but that's by virtue of what we have in common based on sort of who we are in our identity, which we don't really control. That should define who we are, like, as individuals, which is really what's the problem with identity politics, is that you're basing politics on things people literally don't control, like their race, their sex, their gender, and things like that. And it's not to say that those things don't matter and not important, which is what these people will bring up all the time. But, like, precisely because we don't control these things, it cannot be the base of any kind of government or any kind of, like, ethics. That's what's just completely wrong about. Right? Like, identity is something that is, like, immutable, sort of unchangeable. You know, and the role of government in producing things like happiness and the very existence of government is based on human frailty and a need for our own freedom and a set of rules that we can do the right things, like within what we can control. And to me, like, these considerations completely defeat this kind of view of what government and society should be. And the way we deal with are. It's not to privilege one of them above another, which, by the way, leftists literally do. So, by basically reverse discrimination, even though they hate that term, it is basically what they do. But the way that you resolve these conflicts is precisely not by that kind of discrimination. But you just, you know, uh, grant people the same kind of basic freedom. Basically, to rephrase it, you grant everyone a right to their own. People are different, but they have a right to their differences. And that's what equality really means. And this word equity, they throw around as a buzzword. When I first heard the word equity, I saw it in like, you know, like real estate language. Equity was referring to like property values and things like that. It's like a legalistic term. And like in 2020 or so, Equity became the new buzzword among activists who are trying to say that equity is not equality because equality means treat everyone literally the same. Equity is taking differences into account, which is ridiculous because I don't think most pe really anybody who studies it thinks equality means treating people the same because people aren't the same, of course. Equality was taken to mean that we should tr precisely treat people fairly and by the same sort of set of basic rules. But it is true that if people don't have a common nature, like as human beings, 
then we can't really have equality under the law or equal rights and stuff like that. But there's also equality in differences means precisely that we treat people according to like merit. And to me, the equity it should be you know the same thing as like fairness. People get what they deserve, which actually does not result in the kind of egalitarianism we left. It means that you know uh, those who you know need help should get it, but those who are successful and talented, like they should also be rewarded for their efforts too. And so they try to turn this equity word into something kind of like communism, from each according to ability, each according to need, where like people who are doing the right things or successful to somehow kind of be given less resources or opportunity than those who are not doing well. And they think it's like leveling the playing field, but I'm like, it's the opposite of fairness. Right? And it's not really equality. You're not treating people the same, and you're not doing it according to merit or fairness. You see, because applying a standards does result in different outcomes. You know, and conservatives used to argue against this stuff just by saying, like, we're for equality of rights, but not, like, equality of outcome. So if you phrase it like that, it makes total sense. You can give people, this, you, can give people you know, the equality of sort of opportunities in life, and you can treat people according to their merits and abilities, but you can't have a quality of outcome. People are going to achieve different results. And you can see whether the process is fair, whether we can change things and improve things, but you know, you don't lift the bottom by lower by leveling the top. That's not how it works. And that's just completely unfair. And so what we see going on with this equity buzzword and like race and sex and gender, it's this the same thing that progressives and the left have been you know, using in the realm of economics with, you know, their kind of socialist, kind of communistic schemes. The same kind of this re punitive, kind of redistributive attitude. And it's not to be painted as some kind of heartless reactionary. Like, I'm in favor of sort of like a safety net. And I'm in favor of increasing opportunities and recognize that things aren't always fair and there's always improvements, but that should not tell us that somehow our system of American government and ideals is somehow fairly flawed from the beginning. The fact that our outcomes are imperfect has to reflect that human beings are imperfect. You're never going to get your perfect society, even if you base a country like the United States, I believe, on the greatest ideals ever known to humanity. We're going to fall short of them because everyone falls short of their ideals. We're not gods. We're not omnipotent. We're not all-powerful. We're human beings. We could do our best, but we're never going to, you know, be perfection. If men were, if Aristotle said thousands of years ago, if men were, you know, beasts or gods, they would have no need for society or government because they would just be self-sufficient. But the reason why we have government and civil society is because you know, we are dependent on each other. We are fragile. We are mortal beings. We're not gods, you know, and we're not beasts, which means we could use our intelligence to improve our situation.
and uh, one last thing is that the notion of greatness is not perfection. So if you say make America great again or you know, keep America great, make America great, whatever, great does not mean perfect. In some cases, greatness is even not good in a moral sense. But great means in the sense of you know, achieving something and acting to your potential. Right? The uh, best we can achieve in life is greatness, which is to be the best that has ever we've ever been, better than who we were. It doesn't mean that we're perfect, that we've exhausted our potential. It just means that we have done something worth of note. We've gone beyond the norm and the average of the status quo. So when we say America is great or has been great, doesn't mean that it's been perfect. Doesn't mean it's always been good either. But it just means that it's something we've accomplished things, we've done good things that are worthy. Yeah, and it you know, it's that assume greatness I think assumes that there's always work to be done. There are things to improve upon. But that's what life is all about. If everything were perfect there'd be no reason to do to improve or to achieve. So it that should be a spur to action, not call for defeatism and you know, hopelessness. So the pursuit of greatness you know, is the is the driving factor in life itself, rather than the pursuit of perfection or the you know guaranteeing of certain things, guaranteeing of happiness or anything. It should be the pursuit of greatness and excellence. That should be our goal.